folks, friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my long lost lover, trapped in the body of a boy and or, co-host. Or am I, Alex Dandino? Or is you? Well, one way is less illegal than the other, so let's hope not. Uh, guys, this is the month of a moor, as we've been talking about on the pod. Uh, our theme for this month of a moor is uh, I would do anything for love, parentheses, but I won't do that. Tragically flawed love stories in the cinema. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed spending time with us and Harold and Maude. It's one of my all-time favorite flicks, so I was really glad we got to do that one. Me too. Uh, please bear with me tonight. I am under the weather. I'm going to try to keep it together as best I can. Uh, but tonight we bring you, I had to pull myself un- from under the sheets, right? To talk about this one. Uh, we, we chose birth and this, I have to say, we rarely do this on the show, but Alex chose this and neither of us had seen it. Yeah. We rarely ever go in blind, I, right? I, the basic, I, the premise of this show is not to do this, but the, Right. premise of this movie was too interesting not to watch, honestly. Right. The premise of the, our show as we see it is talk about movies that we know we love or love enough that will yield a fun conversation, right? We don't want to watch something and then be like, well, all we're going to do is shit on it for an hour because, you know, that's not the show we try to do. Right. This one, I feel like, walks betwixt two worlds in my mind, right? <laughs> Because there's a huge part of me that's like, I could do the show for two hours Why I just told you why this movie sucks. But <laughs> there is enough strangeness mixed with a couple really long just, Nicole, can you act us out of this story takes that made this a shockingly interesting movie for me to watch. Yeah, if there was ever a question if Nicole Kidman could act her way out of a paper bag, the, question, the answer is yes, absolutely. I mean, phenomenal. Uh, before we go too far, sorry, I, I forgot to do the business. Guys, a couple of you we've seen adding new ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast app. We appreciate, appreciate that a that. ton. You can also find us on uh, the Nerd Alchemist, that's plural with the, the, with an S at the end, on YouTube. If you want to see us and see some of the content, we're going to start rolling out some new stuff. Uh, so thank you guys for that. Please keep it up. Share us on your socials. Hit us up with movies you'd like to see us cover, all that good stuff. All right, now back to this uh Nicole Kidman diddler pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. So Alex, walk me through. (laughs) Why did you just think, right? Because I feel like you were preying upon my, my absolute adoration of Nicole Kidman, right? My favorite actress. When you saw this and read this premise, why were you like, this has got to be the one. And what were some of your initial thoughts on this film? I'm going to tell you that is not at all why I chose this film. I simply (laughs) chose this film because Literally, the tagline I read was, Nicole Kidman plays a woman who meets a boy claiming to be her dead husband trapped inside a 10-year-old's body. That alone is going to get me in. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, it's like how to catch a predator ghost. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So that really, like, that is the only impetus is I'm like, this premise sounds too intriguing not to watch. And look obviously this is not the spirit of the show. Like we don't watch movies we haven't seen before, but again, how can you pass up the chance to watch a possible Nicole Kidman diddler pick? That's That's right. That's right. And as long, as long as the movie's good, it's worth it. And I think this one, I'll say this. 
I again, I would I would not put it among the pantheon of the best movies we've watched, but this movie is shockingly fascinating. It is. And I think the problem with the movie is that it actually has a pretty great premise, right? I told you it's kind of low rent white people parasite, which is <laughs> it ends up having this weird class warfare uh lying and bilking rich white people thing. Because kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean the movie at the end, right? It starts off with this really fascinating philosophical and ethical question, right? Uh, is there such a thing as true love, right? An eternal love. And it, it puts you in there, and that's fine. But this is where it breaks, where eventually it says, no, way better if we just play on the poor, broken, naive, rich woman. Yeah. And that's I, when it, it breaks bad for me. I think that's... That's where it should break bad for anybody because what it does is commits a cardinal sin, in my opinion, of storytelling, which is like if you're going to if you're going to put forth the premise of, hey, your dead husband lives inside this 10 year old kid's body. The love of you, the love you two share is so strong and so eternal that it has literally violated the physical world. It's used metaphysics to bring you the properties of your dead husband residing in this 10 year old. If you decide that you're not str- your story's not strong enough to maintain that premise and just like throw the baby out with the bathwater, definitely pun intended. Um, <laughs> that I think is truly the vibe. That's really like the problem with this movie is like the ending. A it happens, and then we have to like watch it happen for like thirty more minutes. A long time. There's a long and this is. The, I mean, that that to me is the bummer of the flick is big time. There's a really fun, intriguing moment here. There's right? an awesome movie in here. By it's the a way. great premise. Yeah. And I was really drawn in for quite a while. As you as you watch Nicole Kidman break and start to realize, oh, my God, I think this is him. It becomes this really fascinating examination of this is a woman that for 10 years has been a widow putting her life back together, this and that. And to watch her just give it up on a hope, right? A long shot that seems silly to all of us. Right. And even when you're watching, and I think that's what they were going for in this movie is, I think they wanted it to all be in everyone's head, right? Right. I imagine that the filmmakers, and this is who, Jonathan Glazer did this? Yeah, this is the guy who did Under the Skin. So yeah, I, this is an early Under is, the Skin. This is not like a guy who has a problem committing to a premise. So that's right, the but thing. I th- I think his theory right is that it's more interesting if it's not supernatural. Because what this movie becomes in the weirdest of senses is how much this guy and this is this is kind of the weird bugaboo of the movie that bothered me the whole movie. The kid is so bad. And I don't know if he's just a bad actor or if it was bad directing. He is the most monotone, unfun, uncharming, uninteresting, can't fucking give her any details. Though. So you're like, this kid reminds you of your dead husband and you want that guy back? By the way, like, that's you, the guy you want to spend a Tuesday night with is that fucking thing. By the that way, I'm looking if you at? haven't seen the movie, it's Cameron Bright, who's that kid who was like everybody's <laughs> favorite child actor from like 2000 to 2008. Like, I mean, that's the kid. He's sharing the screen with Kit, Nicole Kidman. Like, he's going to get trucked. Of course. But what I'm saying is they present no charisma in this boy. None. So what I am to assume is that he is this horrendous 
boring, self-absorbed, I'm here to destroy your life. Like, just, this is a great thing to do in the movie. I, I was texting you, this is a brilliant thought experiment movie that doesn't put the thought in. Right. Like, just imagine what that kid is asking of Nicole Kidman when he enters that house. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, this movie, for the first hour, hinges on the audience's ability to literally sympathize with this woman who very well might be experiencing one of the most bizarre things that would have ever happened to anyone. Like it's a movie that examines the meta, like the metaphysical, but then also like the emotional, um, the emotional temperament of someone who is being confronted with not just death, but the renewal of death and not just the renewal of death, but literally the, um, psychological ramifications that the afterlife actually exists like that's a huge thing by the way no shit right but all under the caveat of this has to be a kind of woman who is so rich and okay that like she has sage healers come in once like it has to be a woman who's in that headspace sure right because like if you did this to like either of my parents right and they're divorced right so i guess you could say there are ghosts involved in a way but if some kid came up and did that to my dad, they would just be getting a smack. Yeah. Right? Like, the kid would be like, oh, you're a ghost? That's weird. You have a black eye. Beat it, you little fucker. I got a life to live, right? Like, this has to happen to a certain kind of person. Yeah, this is definitely, like, uh, this is someone who <laughs> just, like, walks through anthropology aimlessly. Like, Nicole Kidman's <laughs> character is, is, like, a very specific, like, buys a lot of like this is the kind of woman who buys stuff out of sky mall that's that's the person we're dealing wow, with. wow that rich yeah very very rich like at one point she's at a boardroom meeting that they just interrupt to say your uh daughter or your sister had a daughter and everyone's like oh my god yeah yes. i gotta tell you that and was that? actually something that really got on my nerves i was like she's I got clout i don't know who's related to who in this movie by the way like it took me a long time to right figure well, it, out. it seems like a family of emotion and joyless emotionless and joyless people and so when the kid comes in is a completely monotone hi i'm a prick and i'm here to destroy your life you're like oh my god he does fit in <laughs> to be fair he fits in with everyone else i've seen right. in this movie but this is the thing and this is before we know that spoiler alert the kid's not her fucking ghost husband right yeah. so this kid throughout the movie exhibits some of there's a phrase going around with the young people, right? Big dick energy. <laughs> there is no character in the history of cinema, right? Not one. Not yeah. James Bond. Not Clive uh, Owen in Shoot 'Em Up. Nope. Not the Terminator. Not Rambo. No. Not no one. Right? Not Sean. Not, not, not Sean any is person the one. on earth has the fucking giant dick energy of I am Sean. Right. His name is actually Sean, which is a really funny thing to write in the script is what if his, it's it's like the Martha. Why did you say that? Why did you say Sean's name? But so this fucking kid essentially finds love letters. Right. The, another one of the weirdest setups in the movie. But no matter how you look at it, ghost or not ghost to just fucking walk in. With the big dick energy of, I'm going to break into your house. Yeah. Watch the birthday song from the shadows like a creep and be like, what's up, girl? Get in the kitchen. We got to talk. And then later, Sean spends the whole movie nagging Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. Like hardcore. constantly nagging her and cutting her off where she's like, tell me something intimate. He's like, I got to go. They're serving extra milks at lunch. Bye, bitch. And just like disappearing. 
That's actually one of my favorite exchanges in the movie is where she asks him like five questions in a row and he goes, no. Like just just not answering yeah. questions. Yeah. How about the scene when she, she kidnaps him? She kidnaps him, right? And I can't remember if this is before or after the infamous bath scene, which we'll get to. She essentially says, let him stay overnight. Mm-hmm. I'll take I'll pick him up from school the next day, right? Yeah, the finding never this motherfucker mom. up. Takes him out for ice cream and he pretty much looks at her and he's like, I don't got to tell you shit. I'm yeah. Sean. Like you know you know you wish it was me. She watches his bus drive by and then sits there and seemingly is fantasizing about the life she's going to build with her now ten year old wow. boyfriend that, who is playing on the fucking monkey bar. That conversation <laughs> was so awkward. Like no, not conversation. She's literally just opining and watching this boy swing on the fucking monkey bars. Oh, no, no, no. And then it's like, oh, I'll call the mom and say, I think he needs to hear my wedding music. No, like, no, let's, I'm talking about during room. the diner when they're having the ice cream, and she literally asks, how do you know how to please a woman? Oh, fuck, oh, I forgot. My God. I, well, to be fair, first off, her, her fiancé, that was not an impressive showing in the most awkward sex <laughs> If your fiance can tell you what a 10-year-old boy told her right in the middle of coitus. Yeah, for real. It's not going well, yeah. right? If you're a talker, she, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to trade him in, right, at least he looks the part, right? Like, oh, this just looks like a stuff suit butthole I can sit at the opera with. Right. Fine. He looks like the joyless kind of people we see in this family. That's fine. If you're going to trade him in, she's like, Sean, Sean, can you sling it? Sean, if I back it Sean. up and reverse it, yeah. do you know how to pick it up and drop it? What are we doing here, Sean? Can you Sean? get can you get it? Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Sean, if you got a big one, let me work it. Sean? Oh, Sean. Honestly. <laughs> I was really upset that I didn't get to hear Can You Kick It by Tribe Called Quest. Like that wasn't a music cue. Like that was like that was needed and it didn't happen. <laughs> I It was oh so my awkward. God. Oh my God. And he, this is the thing though. She asked him, like, you ever fuck Sean? Sean, oh. have you cheated on me? Ghost Sean, did you fuck in that 10-year-old body? And he essentially goes, girl, I ain't telling you nothing. He's like, I know what you mean. And backs off. And then all of a sudden she's like, why don't you go ahead and let that bus go? But this is, the, this is what's great about this movie. This is where the movie fucking misses out, right? The monkey bar scene in microcosm is a perfect example of why this movie is great and kills me at the same time. The idea of, I've lived my life for nine to ten years, right? right. We don't know when his right. birthday is, but nine to ten years. This has lived as a boy named Sean, whose father's a tutor. He then somehow, this other personality, a man, a grown man, who we watch literally run a 5K as the first scene of the movie. It feels like eight minutes of just jogging. Yeah. And then oh, dies no. under a bridge, right? That <laughs> was, I just like, by the way, like, I was... I actually was wondering if like this because I, I watch it on Vudu because you wa you can watch it for free on Vudu. I watch it on Vudu. I'm like, oh, is this like fucked up? Maybe like I'm missing all the credits. No, that was just like the opening of the movie. Right. This that they were letting you know early. This they're gonna make some weird choices. Yeah. Like I'm like I get it. Exercising. Like most of us who are watching the movie, you only have to show us a couple seconds of exercising before we're like, well, that looks exhausting. I actually I get think it. here's the point though. I'm getting back to this point though, right? So for ten, nine to ten years, he's lived as a boy named Sean. All of a sudden, a new fucking imposter, parasitic soul emerges and is like, ha ha, 
I'm actually the Sean, right? right? I am the white usurper colonizer Sean who's come to take your 10-year-old body for mine own. And he literally, there's that great scene when he tells his mom, his mom's doing this cute, like, permission to come aboard, oh, sir. Like, yeah. just good mom stuff, right? And he just goes, I'm not your stupid son anymore. <laughs> just this fucking, and this is amazing, right? So the same kid who does that, the same kid who walks in there, the same kid who's been nagging Nicole Kidman, right, has to stop to play on the monkey bars. <laughs> that the war of personality that is happening within this boy, paranormal or not, is so fucking interesting <laughs> to me, right? This is a kid who's so committed to, I will destroy my home life. I will destroy no Nicole Kidman's home life. I made her fiance fucking literally attack me and spank me in front of his friends and family. But I still need to monkey bar. I was laughing too hard. I fucking pulled my earphones out. <laughs> but that's what I mean. But that's Imagine exactly a world. Is. Imagine making a movie like this, right? This... This is a movie about psychological warfare and love, right? What right. is the true meaning of love? And the character who is the fucking engine of destruction needs to monkey bar. Kind of monkey bar. It's, Got it. it's, to me, it will be the iconic image of the movie of the same kid who's like, I'll just walk into the bathroom with you and whip my dick out and get in a tub with you and make her fucking submit to his fantasy in a weird, creepy way. Yeah. Still needs to monkey bar. Like that that is what is brilliant and crazy about this movie is that that just happens and we don't acknowledge it. She doesn't sit and look and be like, "Well, Sean, I mean, you're 10 now, but you were like 40." Like, yeah. come on, let's not it's, monkey bar. It's bizarre. Again, like this movie <laughs> does it bothers me how much work this movie does to make you like this is the kind of thing that annoys me about movies like this is um Typically, you you fall on one side of it. Like you're either in on the joke, or you how are you or like you are forced to believe what's going to happen. You know, like sure. So when the movie starts, like first off, that guy dies under the bridge. Which, by the way, big dick energy. Literally, just saying in the room, meet me in the meet me that place in the park. You know where it is. Wow, holy That's shit! I mean. Yeah, he, well, he's literally you're being childish about this. Meet me, you know where. Right. It's like, you guys didn't have another like happier spot in the park. You only had the spot where the spot of death. So okay, so he <laughs> dies in the park, and then the next thing we see, the next cut is a baby having a water birth. So yeah. the editing would have you believe that this is all very real. Like this metaphysical journey right. we're about to take is very, very, very real. And you're that, right, though. That is a classic movie cheat. Right? right, and that's the problem, though. Is like yeah. this movie hinges on the like I would say the uh, intelligence of the crowd watching it to want to buy into it because that's not what the movie's about. The movie's not about the movie cheat, what you're talking about. Because I agree, right? The movie is supposed to be about this journey, um, this story of eternal love, the metaphysical mm -hmm. versus the physical, and so on and so forth. The problem right. is, is when you present something like that and use that kind of movie cheat, when you reveal that it was bullshit all along, you so cheapen the experience that it pulls yeah. you direct. Like, this is the first time we like, and listen, we've watched like the human, we've watched Humanoids <laughs> of the Deep, we've watched Jaws for the Revenge, like we've watched a lot of movies that the some best, people, which is best the best sequel. one, best sequel now. Yeah. We've watched Taxidermia, like we've watched movies that I think Ooh. are like insane. 
This is the first movie we've watched on this show where I was literally pulled out of the movie 30 minutes with 30 minutes left. I was literally like, I'm no longer watching this movie, invested yeah. in the story. I just now have to see the ending. Like, You're like, Stark, psychic shark, I can tolerate, but water birth? Are you fucking kidding me? No. It, but this is this is the problem. I mean, that's the that's the thing, man. Is the movie monkey bars? The movie cheat? They're all microcosms. <laughs> the monkey bars work. The monkey bars though is brilliant because it works either way. Sure. Him going to school and knowing how, the layout of the school still right. By the way, sweet that go, sweet you Goku back weird. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Believe me, I saw that. <laughs> but you're like that is all building to this. There are two minds warring, right? The 10-year-old boy and the heavy, like, oh, I'm the ghost of this guy who died yogging, right? And is really boring, but he still had a wife. So I get all that. The pro To me, it's film theory, right? I forget the famous experiment, but the guy did it where he took one face and just filmed the guy's face with a blank reaction, right? Just a blank face. Right. Just staring at the camera. And then he cut in uh, a sunflower, Right. Cut back to the face. You think the face is watching it and beginning to show joy. Right. Cuts back to starving child, right? Cuts back to house on fire. Cuts back to lover's first embrace. And every time it cuts back to the face, you feel like you've seen the face react, even though it's the exact same shot. Right. And that's what this movie is. By pairing that child, you're telling me that that child has to matter. Right. And now totally. what they're telling me is there is just a dying Sean and a living Sean. And they do meet through some form of, you know, serendipity, I suppose. But the, by showing the death right next to the birth, that has to matter to me. Right, exactly. If you take that water birth out, I think, and this is, I guess, a question I would ask you is, I was pissed when they revealed that it wasn't supernatural and it wasn't her husband. Because I think it's a more interesting that is exactly set of what challenges. I thought, I thought right. the exact same thing. It's upsetting right. that they didn't commit to the premise, mainly because it presents you with a much better challenge as a writer. And then when you give like the really easy, like really, it's an easy out, but it's also like a really poorly constructed out of literally like, oh yeah, I don't know, he was he was a cheater. You're like, okay, but 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 here, here hear me out on this though, right? I think if you don't have that water birth moment, and it's weird that such a small thing fucked with us. I think if you take that out, I don't know that the movie is much worse off for him being a liar. I actually, the way that he got the details is not strong to me. No, I agree. But, but, but you're right. There is a moment. The movie does an insanely good job of people are questioning him, and you're watching as the audience member, and you're like, just ask him, right? So I was your brother-in-law. Hey, we definitely got drunk together once. Tell me something. Give right. me fucking anything, right? Him and like, I was watching it, and my wife was like, "Oh, this is a weird movie." And I was like, "Well, what would you ask me?" Right? I was like, "If I came back as a ten-year-old, would you disrupt your new life to marry me?" She's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Are you fucking out of your mind?" I was wow. so mad at my wife. I'm like, "So you would disrupt you and the Amy's kids and so be like, dedicated. hey, kids, this is your uh." you know, psychically imbued father who's back is a 10 year old. I'm going to wait till he's legal. Granted, I'll be 60. So who knows how this is going to work? He's got a new genital. Like this is all weird, right? It's all like we were just arguing. I was like, this is weird. And she's like, as long as it's you, I want to be there with you. Right. I love you. And I was like, wow, that's so, so much more like noble than my thought would be, which is 
gross. We would be 60 and 18. Like, that's a literal Harold and Maude you're trying to pull. I would be younger than my children. Like, that's weird. Just let me fucking disappear into the ether. Right. And it's, but she said, right, and we started talking. She's like, I know exactly what I would say to you. Or I would want you to say to me, right? We have like a little thing we say to each other. And I would know immediately that it was you and no one else. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking true. Like, we've been together long enough. I think people have that, right? You have like the thing. And they never ask him to say a thing with any fucking character, right? Right. But like the orchestra scene, when they show up late to the orchestra after, again, big dick energy where, hey, I want to talk to you. It's funny because Alan Houston, who plays like this great villainous it's, actor, right? Jack Houston. Jack Houston. Sorry, what did I say? Alan. Alan Houston, the basketball player. Is that what I said? <laughs> I believe so. The old New York Knickerbocker sharpshooter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to appeal to my bros. You know, the, the sports bros that have stuck with us through 20 minutes of birth. But <laughs> but anyway, so so Houston has the tiniest dick energy in this movie, right? Right. Actually afraid a 10-year-old's going to steal your girl. If you're that bad... And you have that little confidence you've already lost, my friend, first off. Yeah, for sure. But so he's like, I'm going to go tell on you to your father, right? So you can't have my wife. And right in front of the kid, he's like, tell this lady you made it up and you won't. And he just goes, no. Yeah. No, I can't. I love her. That's my wife. I was like, the amount of energy and swagger that that kid presents is so powerful that she then goes to the opera and they cut in late like dicks. Houston's whispering in her ear like a dick. And there is just this, it feels like a five minute scene, even though I'm sure it's only like a minute. It reminds me of the pie eating scene in Ghost Story. Yeah. Except good, right? Except for good and meaningful. <laughs> and it's just Nicole Kidman taking you on an entire emotional journey of what if this is real? Snapped into reality by him whispering to her. Right. Slipping back into the fantasy. What would I do? What is this, right? Thank God he came back as a little white kid. Oh, my God, right? Like, all the things that Nicole Kidman is clearly thinking. Right. And it's just a stunning bit of acting. But this gets back to my point, right? Without the water birth, it still works that this kid so infiltrated her mind. Because what we're left with is, I think, equally as interesting as a supernatural tale, which is well, this guy, even in death, has so whittled out a space that he owns two other people's lives. Right. This guy who is dead is vicariously living two people's lives. Right. Well, I think right? the boy well, and I her. think what happens is if you don't have the water birth scene, you right. it changes the movie entirely to the point where it's a completely different. I'm telling you, the, the I'm premise, telling you that. Yeah, the premise that's set up is very different. Like if you have the what with the water birth, what you have is a movie about eternal love. Right. This is actually supernatural. This is right. a soul transference. Yes. Right. The, I mean, I mean, actually, I was watching it, and I, I even wrote in my notes, I was like, I think if you play this right, this is actually the sequel to Fallen. But nevertheless. <laughs> I'm still telling you it's Parasite, right? <laughs> right. But it's just a kid who's like, I'm tired of sitting in the lobby with the ball-bouncing guy. I'm going to grift my way in with these rich, naive you, whites. <laughs> if you take the water birth scene out, the movie then becomes a ticking clock of is he or isn't he like, yes, because from yes, the yes, jump yes. we buy that that's him. It's only until later when they do the reveal that you were not only like, Oh, that's lame, but also like, it's definitely not him. It becomes immediately a movie about whether or not it's him or not. What if the water birth's taken out? 
So it completely changes the direction and what you're actually feeling. So I feel like what Jonathan Glazer and the filmmakers are trying to actually do in this movie is not like they want you to focus on this eternal love journey. That's like the important Mm -hmm. thing. And that's like the thematic element they want you to focus on. It's only when they pull the rug out from under you. And I think that's the thing that upset me the most is because the rug gets pulled out. I know it's not about that anymore. Now it's just like about people who are liars and rich people are terrible to each other. <laughs> well, and here's the, here's the other thing that, cause it kind of has another moment that functions like the water birth, which is the woman who's afraid to go up to the penthouse, right? She's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I forgot the ribbon. I'll go get another. We don't know exactly why she won't go up. Right. 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 We have no idea. We see him follow her out to bury a box, right? Right, right. They plant this little seed that something weird is going on. Mm -hmm. But it's beyond absurd and stupid to imagine that that box is full of unopened love letters, which have so much information about his sister-in-law can't have a baby, blah, 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 all this fucking nonsense that lets him complete this grift. Right. And then a 10-year-old boy to have the fucking swag to pull this grift off. It becomes so insane and absurd that mixed with the water birth and then just the pure nonsensicalness that a 10-year-old... I have neighbor kids that are 10 years old. They could not walk into my house and fucking seduce my wife and get in a bathtub with her. Maybe there's a 10-year-old out there that can do that, right? I've never seen one in the wild. It's crazy. Never met him. Crazy shit. He stares her down and takes his dick out. His little right. tiny 10-year-old dick and is like, what's up, girl? And she's like, hey. Hey. Like, I'm willing to commit a sex crime here. It's fucking madness, right? Oh, yeah. So the movie's asking you to accept something so unbelievable. But in the context of true love, it's not as creepy. It's not. And then at the end, the movie says, oh, this is all fucking creepy. And this is the thing, though. I still think you can land it. Because what if it's real and he still did cheat on her? Right. I think that's the harder part to swallow than this kid made up a root. That's really hard to swallow, but you can do that for the story. Once you make it that he sure. fucking cheated on his wife and didn't really love her, then you have this whole, well, what is he back for? Now he's just like, it's like a Stockholm Syndrome thing. Like He right. clearly was uncharismatic and boring and not exciting and... No one's excited to see him when he comes back as a boy, apparently. I guess not. Uh, But it's just, it's such a weird, I feel like it just didn't all connect, right? And I don't, I've actually come around to the thought, I don't think it needs to be the supernatural route. Sure. But the way they, they, I think you said it best, right? If you're, they're not playing it as a, is he, isn't he? It's too absurd to believe that he's not. So at the end when they're like, actually, you watched a whodunit, you're like, what? Yeah. No. I think that's the problem is if you're going to if you're going to blow the premise, like literally it's the entire yeah. reason I'm watching the movie. If you're going to blow the premise, you have to make it at least a little more worthwhile than just like kidding. Like the well, the who done it this is the real problem. Like because they give us clues, right? The monkey bar is a fucking straight up clue. Right. That this is not a 46-year-old man trying to get his wife back. That when he hugs Clifford, his actual best friend, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is not my best friend, right? Right. Like, when he meets his best friend, he doesn't greet him as I would. Like, if I came back from the grave 
I would know what to say to you to let you know that it was me. I wouldn't run up and hug you like you were my long lost father. Like you finally came back for me. By the way, he knew immediately. So there were two or three times where they're telling us this is not a kid. But in the flow of the film, there is no debate in the direction. And I don't it's a hard act to land because you have to believe that Nicole Kidman is willing to sacrifice everything and do this slide. I mean, to me, the real uh, there's two things that I think probably should have d- clued me into that. This is weird. Is one, <laughs> Peter Stormar being just like a straight character was bizarre. <laughs> just a normal dude. I, I don't think I've he didn't ever, have any nuclear codes. He didn't I, have any like <laughs> hidden weapons. Yeah, he wasn't a nihilist. Like I can't imagine the last time I've seen him in just a movie where he's just a guy. But the other probably thing, the most normal, insane guy we meet. Yeah, definitely. Like everyone else is absolutely bonkers. But I mean, even even like again, Lauren Bacall's in this movie. Like, yeah. what, like again, this movie has great actors, has great performances. It's just such a bizarre premise. The other thing that I think should have been a clue, and I because I, I couldn't figure out why, and it, we talked about it already though, is still just him refusing to answer. And I'm curious, like the the. I'm, like, I, th- I was feeling like the whole time that was like something that was trying to throw me off the sense like, is he not answering? Because he's like, you all should know me. Is he just like being like, you big, know what? I, my, my actual thought throughout the movie was, is that he's lived his life as this boy. And now the other soul is beginning to emerge. Okay, and mature. I kind of so thought he had that a too. split mind. So he doesn't really, really have the knowledge because he's coming back well, it's, from it's, death. Yeah. It's like coming back to him. Right. right so right. I was like, all right, but it, I mean, this is, it's, I just feel like you got to make your choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, I feel like it could have worked either way. Because the reveal that you're not him, if you were him, you would have come to me first. Right. Is a great moment in the film. That's it's, a great line. It it's a really intriguing proposition. But then to just see him become a boy. Yeah. And, and I guess it serves the purpose of, too, of the links that we will go and the 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 lies and things that we'll buy into as human beings to achieve this kind of fantasy that we're striving for, right? This right. perfect, happy fairy tale romances and such. Totally, I guess that makes. But at the end, it it just is so cruel by the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I like think the fact the whole... that this ten year old right just gets away with being a fucking piece of shit, ruining this marriage. I mean, this is the thing. At the end of the movie, Nicole Kidman is at a wedding. But she's weeping on the beach because she's like, I'm with a guy who was afraid he was not enough compared to a 10 year old. I was actually a guy I, who literally attacked and assaulted a 10 year old. I was talking. With right. Andre- like she knew her husband was shit. Right. Well, I was talking with Andrea about this, like after we finished the movie and we were like, because she actually watched it with me this morning. Like we woke up with the kid <laughs> early and I was just like, this is insane. You have to watch this. Yeah. So for we sure. finished the movie and I was like, extrapolate this like. Think about the horrendous psychological damage you would do to yourself if you decided like like there's a scene where she literally tells the boy like right before the boy like reveals like this is all bullshit. She's like, I figured it out. We're going to run away together. And then when you're of the right age, I'll marry you. And that's when he's like, oh, that's yeah, that's not that's not in the cards, babe. But like ultimately, imagine the horrendous psychological damage you have done to yourself by falling in love with a little boy pretending to be your dead husband. And then you're still going to go out and get married. Like, if I was Jack Houston, I'd be like, 
fuck this. Fuck this entire family. I'm getting the fuck out no, of here. That guy needs her and her family, right? That guy is the fucking clinger. He is the, again, he's so afraid of the challenge of a 10-year-old. He physically assaults him. Again, though, that's weird, too, that the 10-year-old's got the balls to kick this dude's fucking Awesome chair. scene. Awesome that's scene. That's a grown man movie. move. That's a grown man move. Yeah. And this is the this is the fucking problem, right? Is when you just make him a really unclever kid that la- he's not played as, you know, this look at how fucking smart and clever this kid is that he can pull this off, right? This isn't like the good son or whatever the fuck. He's just a kid who found a package. Right. It becomes so silly that he can pull that off. You know, whatever. I think there's a way to do that ruse if you play it different. But by the end of the movie, we're left with this lady is willing to throw it all away because she so desperately loved this man. A man that we see as played through the child to be completely (laughs) devoid of any redeemable traits. Right. 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 To completely neg her and not treat her nice. Right. Only to find out then that this woman was has been sitting in grief. It took her 10 years to try to get her life back together. She ends up with Jack Houston, whose character sucks. Yeah. And then she's willing to break that all apart because of her true and profound love for a man. I mean, again, who is one, not the man and was fucking cheating on him the whole time or cheating on her the whole time. It's right. so fucking it's cruel. so terrifying to realize that this person like. The psychological damage done to this person, like, she can't... I mean, the fact this movie doesn't end in an asylum is pretty shocking because... She should have fucking strangled that boy in the bathtub. Oh, absolutely. To be fair. She should have drowned And she would have been justified, right? I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the cop cars and my girls of the world just hanging dead children on the scoreboard at the end. Sure. But this one would be pretty justified. Well, that was... Because that scene, I was like, is this going to happen? Is she going to just, like, fucking murder him? Like, this might happen. Right. And that's the, this is the thing, the movie, and this is the scene I feel like they missed that might have cinched it up, right? Where they could have their cake and eat it too, right? They kind of cheated. They told us this was all supernatural, what have you. There's a, there's a moment where we understand now how Nicole Kidman can buy into this ruse, right? Right. We learn that he was cheating on her the whole time and he just couldn't leave her, but he was fucking the, his best friend's wife, right? This guy's a real piece of shit. Yeah, like yeah. a real piece of shit. Yeah, terrible. So we find out why Nicole Kidman can believe in this ruse because she believed it the whole time he was alive. The man she loved was also a fucking ruse. And I right. feel like thematically, that moment is really fucking powerful. Totally. And I think what they thought is that when she's shaking him in the bathtub, right? And she's like, you're a liar. That's what you are. That's a liar. We're supposed to take that as, oh, she knew about her husband. She's now getting to say that to him in a way she never did. But I'm like, if she knew he was a cheater, she wouldn't be excited when a 10-year-old boy got in the bathtub with her. Yeah. You know, it feels like they just missed the mark by a little bit. Because that moment of realizing the boy's a liar and by proxy, he was probably a liar, too. I feel like thematically that could have been pretty powerful. Oh, totally. I mean, that just missed the mark again. This movie. Yeah. Like there's three or four of those little like just misses like you just like a hairline, just a hair off. And you would have had me at like, wow, this is a powerfully 
that's a powerful emotional moment. And I think that's like the problem with, because this movie got buried for a very different reason than just like, I guess, look I, again, <laughs> if you dismantle a premise at the end of a movie and you have 30 minutes left, obviously no one's going to want to watch it. This movie got buried because of this bathtub scene between Nicole Kidman and Cameron bright. And, uh, like it was a big controversy versy <laughs> and everyone had an issue with it. But like, honestly, it ends up a like serving no purpose because eventually you're just like, well, that pretty much is a wash, but ultimately, it is the moment where it becomes impossible to believe that he's not the ghost of her husband. Right. Exactly. Cause like, that no, is such a fucking strong decision to make. It is. And that's a really important moment in the movie. So like when <laughs> this whole thing comes down and it's revealed that it was all bullshit, like the, the bigger issue is that quite frankly, like, if you're going like, to, again, I, I've said it before, you just dismantle your premise completely. Like, dismantling yeah. the premise ruins the movie and ruins my ability to enjoy the end of this movie in any way. Yeah, it, this is the thing, though. I think there's a way to do it. But just finding a box of love letters, I mean, he's writing that to who? He wrote that to his wife he's cheating on or the woman he's fucking on the side. Who... I mean, what is he getting out of there that helps him pull this ruse off? And again, thematically, the fact that this guy was so able to put on all these faces, right? To his best friend, to his wife, to his lover, uh, you know, that's all good and fine. Right. But the thought that this 10-year-old boy is able to pull this fucking ruse off himself and then again, they just, they didn't fucking tie it together, right? Right. Because it, it's all there, right? Nicole Kidman believing him is the same as believing her husband, right? It's all there. I just can't tell you the scene where that is supposed to perfectly coalesce in, right. a, in a way that doesn't feel like I have to do gymnastics to make that happen. Right. I think that's the biggest issue with the movie itself is that it doesn't quite crystallize that point home. Like, I think yeah. you said it earlier that I probably is the best theme you can take away from the movie in general, which is that <laughs> this movie's about the lies we tell ourselves. Like it's about the things that we want so badly that we're willing to take these, do these mental gymnastics to get there to think, Oh, I'm going to be okay. Oh, this is like part of my life now. Like I'm okay with it. Like, because anybody in their right mind would not be all right with, a small child showing up and be like, Hey, I'm your dead husband inside this small child's body. What do you think about that? That'd be pretty hot, right? right. Well, that's what I said. My parents, you'd be leaving with a black eye if you did. That exactly. <laughs> that's an insane premise. It makes no sense. So like we believe it though, because we believe that this movie should be about like eternal love. And again, it is all about that water birth shot. Take that movie out, take that shot out. And it becomes a completely different movie, like a completely yeah. different premise entirely. But ultimately, this and the movie, envelope, the box of envelopes. Like, if that's your big give, it's hard to get from that to I can pull this off. Right. A ten-year-old can literally stare in the face of fifteen different adults and just be like, "It is me. This is my desk. This is where I worked." And they go, "How did you know these things, bitch? What did he tell you?" Right. Like all of you. Like when the brother-in-law is like, uh, "I don't know. I'm a, I'm a doctor, and it seems pretty legit." It's like, bitch. What did he fucking tell you? Right. And this gets back to the, that was what this guy did, obviously. And I don't know. I think there was a way to do it. And I think they thought, oh, well, look, now we know that all love is a sham because she's marrying guy who fights children and running through the waves crying <laughs> in a wedding dress. And you're like, 
that's just a little film student for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have the pieces there. I felt like they cheated a little, but they still could have brought it home. Because, again, right. I mean, you could do an hour on this movie of just, what does this look like? Right. Right? Like, me and my wife did it after the movie. And I'm like, what? So what? You're going to wait on me. Yeah. All right. I'm 18 now. What do we do? Like, we're just going to start plowing again? Do we <laughs> date again? You know, what happens? Uh, you right. know, it's it's insane. Yeah. There's like two the or three thought experiments concept. you have to take from this movie. And you're like, well, that is just preposterous. Yeah. And this is the thing. Imagine him coming back, wanting to win her back. And we find out he's a cheater, but he's still trapped in that body. Right. Like, there's even the moment when she's like, dry my hands for me. You know, dry the queen's hands. And yeah. he's like, don't, te- don't tell Anna. And you're like, oh, so he does know that they cheated. But then you're like, oh, only because he's a kid, but he still gets tricked into going over to her house again. Like, right, right. It's just, and that's the thing. This movie is full of wildly interesting, enormous thought experiments, right? And I just feel like they didn't, they didn't press it. Yeah. I think there's maybe it was even something that happened in the middle of filming. They're like, we just have to make sure this bathtub scene survives for some reason. Right. I mean, I I don't even think that's a wildly important moment in the movie. I don't either. I mean, I think what you said is right, though. Like the real trick of it is the movie lacks, I think, commitment. And that's like really the issue. Again, there's so many interesting things. There's so many like Nicole Kidman turns in an incredible performance, but this movie lacks the conviction of its premise and that ultimately is is what yeah i mean maybe maybe that's true right maybe what you're saying is true i think what they were gambling on is nicole kidman is one of the finest actresses we've ever had right and by making this not supernatural but humans being horrible and hurting each other right and what you're banking on is that nicole kidman can live the trauma on screen of bearing the brunt of people's fucking mask they put on for each right. other. And she can walk you through that, right? And make us realize we're all just 10-year-old boys trying to take someone's girl, right? Like, that's, right. What, like that's what Nicole can do for us. Yeah. I, I think they thought it's more interesting if it's humans hurting humans than a ghost coming back, right? It's It's zombie movie logic. Totally. Zombie movies are better when the people are hurting each other than when a zombie's eating you. It just is, right? The gore scenes are fun, but if you don't have the people fighting, it doesn't work. Right. And I think that's kind of the gamble of this proxy ghost story. Is if it is just a guy coming back from the dead and it becomes her ex-husband's story, you know, either he gets the girl or he's there to atone for cheating and he tells her what he did. I don't know that either of those endings are actually any better or more interesting. Nah. I mean, I think that I like, I mean, I think atonement is an interesting, is a more interesting angle than the other, but at the same time, I'm not sure it serves a purpose in this regard. Yeah. Cause I mean, atoning once you've been dead for 10 years and you can't actually suffer. Right. Right. is not really that interesting of a story. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just this really cool premise and they just workshopped it. And this became the most interesting version of an ending they could do. Plausible. I don't know. I mean, I feel like all the pieces of a really great movie are there. Yeah. And they just don't click together. Yeah. There's a great 
again, it's it's just a lot of puzzle pieces that look like they should fit together, but don't quite. Like there's lo- there's there's pieces that are loose and some you know the dog chewed on a couple. Like there's just it's not quite the right look. It appears right. to be the picture, but it's not. Yeah, the piece the dog chewed on, by the way, just as one parting shot. Not that I love doing this. Uh, whoever made the score and is like, you know what this movie needs more of? Humming slash vibrating cell phone score. Oh, my God. It took me about 30 minutes in the movie to be like, wait, that's not my wife's phone. That's the score. I legitimately thought I, I paused it three or four times to see if it was my phone or like a phone yeah. of my neighbors. Like I could not figure it out. Maybe there's some kind of weird, like, subliminal mind attacks this movie is doing. This is what I'll say, though, is my parting gift to this movie. Where this movie doesn't necessarily deliver a precise and satisfying story at times, it is more fascinating to me than most movies I watch. Same. It's exceptionally well acted. There's a lot of really good stuff in this movie. And, you know, Definitely. I'm okay with someone going with the the weirder premise, knowing that those are harder to land. Totally. Like, the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze is just an easier version of this movie. <laughs> yes. You know? And that's fine. Sure. I think this movie's more interesting than Ghost, you know? Right. Because I, I will think about this movie for the rest of my days, at least. And to me, that's achieving something. I don't I don't think it's a loss that it doesn't all add up. And I hope people don't listen to this and be like, oh, you guys just fucking hate that movie. I don't hate this movie. No, man. not at all. I, I just I, I saw bits of something else. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I would never say it's a wash. Like, yeah. watch this movie because it's fascinating and like make yeah. your own conclusion. Like, maybe we're wrong. Hey, like, that's part of life. But- that sh- there are two moments in the movie, right? Nicole Kidman's just the hold on her face in the orchestra scene. And then watching Jack Houston. Be like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Use a piano to block the door so he can grab a child and spank him. Awesome. That's cinema, baby. That's Martin Scorsese porn right there. That's what I wanted right cinema. there. Cinema. That's cinema for the month of Amour. Guys, we're done with birth. <laughs> That's it. Wow. We've still got two more before I die. So, uh, yeah, we've still got two more. We're still doing Near Dark. We're still doing Lars and the Real Girl to wrap out. Uh, I have at least one, if not two, special features coming your way. We're still trying to get to uh, Color Out of Space. we got some things we're watching in the theater, video on demand we're going to get to. Uh, Please leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Share us on all your socials. Tell us movies that you would like to see us cover. Give us a theme, a double feature. Guests that you'd like us to do shows with, whatever you want. Anybody. And find us on YouTube at Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. Yes, uh, so you can see our faces and new content we're doing there. Uh, so, guys, I hope you had fun with birth. I know we did. Not as much fun as that 10-year-old, though. That guy was having his best life. Please, if you're on YouTube, in the comments, <laughs> name me one character who is more stone-cold badass than, like, 10-year-old Sean in this movie. Yeah. I'll wait forever. 